Hello, welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we're reading Stolen Kiss. Reviewers say, suspense, romance, it has it all. And another, this kept me on the edge of my seat. Stolen Kiss is a must-read for romantic suspense fans. You've probably heard of Goodreads, but a new site, Ream Stories, is connecting authors and readers. You can follow authors and get an inside view to their writing process, join them in special Facebook groups, and even hear some of your own short stories read aloud to the group. Once Ream Stories finalizes the ability to upload audiobooks, you can enjoy some of my ultra-steamy audiobooks. Please stop by my page to see what's already available at tinyurl.com slash reamcherish. So, get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 6 Brett silently crept through the bushes that lined Mandy Baldwin's house. The small starter home was old and had needed some renovations when he'd walked her through it all those months ago. The kitchen and main bathroom hadn't been updated since the 60s. When she'd first seen it, she'd wanted to turn the house away, afraid it would be too much work. But he'd been able to convince her that it would be a great investment property. After lowballing the owner, she signed the dotted line and had gotten a steal. She thanked him profusely for sticking with her and never giving up on her dream. He snorted. Her dream. As if he cared about her dreams. What he cared about was the way her shiny brown hair hung over her shoulders and framed her perfect face. It wasn't every day that he stumbled upon such innocent beauty. Mandy had big blue eyes that sparkled as she laughed. Her nose was not too big or too small. It was perfectly proportioned between her high cheekbones. And when she smiled, her kissable lips parted and revealed straight white teeth. He had also enjoyed the way her perfume lingered in the air and on his clothes after they'd been together. He would catch whiffs of her throughout the day whenever they'd met. At times, he'd catch her scent in the mall as a stranger walked by, spritzed in the same perfume. That scent would send his blood rushing through his veins as his mind wandered to her. He'd followed the woman for a while, relishing the simple connection he'd felt for Mandy through the common scent. As he walked through the city, he'd catch sight of her. Attractive brunettes morphed into her, reinforcing his undeniable pull to her. She haunted him. He respected that. Her soul cried out for his attention, whether she knew it or not. She would be his, and her reward would be perfection. And now, as the moon hid behind a thin mask of clouds that darkened the night, he crept towards Mandy's backyard, darting from bush to bush for cover. Once he'd gone as far as he could with the camouflage of the plants, he left the safety of the bushes and sprinted towards the back door. No motion-activated security lights thwarted him or warned of his presence. No barking dog threatened to ruin his night. He was safe. Coming to a stop, he crouched at the back door, resting one knee on the concrete pad just outside the door. He took a moment to catch his breath and familiarize himself with the surroundings. Mandy had torn out the overgrown bushes that crowded the back of the little house. In their place, hydrangeas and gardenias now kept sentinel beside the house. The green leaves of the gardenias contrasted with the brown stems of the dormant hydrangeas. The beginnings of tiny green buds were developing on the hydrangeas. They'd be beautiful in the spring. Then, refocusing his task, the door caught his eye. It looked different, 
but on further inspection he realized it had only been restained. Had she done it herself or paid someone to do it? Shoving a hand into his pocket, he gripped the key. Holding the cold metal between his fingers, he treasured the moment. If it worked, he'd been right about Mandy. Their paths had crossed, because fate deemed her worthy of his attention, and she would quiet the nightmares that haunted him. This was the deciding moment. He slid it into the keyhole. Satisfaction swept through him as the key turned the lock. He eased open the door. She hadn't changed the locks, even though he'd encouraged her to. He always warned his female clients of the danger of keeping the locks the same, but they seldom did anything about it. He wasn't sure if that was because they were too cheap, too poor, or just naive to the dangers of the world. Naivete seemed almost impossible. How could people live in this world where information is so easily available and not be aware of the dangers that surrounded them? When the women hadn't changed the locks, he surmised that the women had felt the undeniable pull for his attention, too. Maybe it was their subconscious way of keeping the door open for him. The door creaked as he eased it open and stepped inside. Quietly closing the door behind him, he took a moment to get his bearings. It was dark in the kitchen, but he still wanted to notice the changes that she'd made. He could end up selling this place again. It was obvious that she'd been busy. The old, peeling laminate countertops were gone, and a beautiful brown and gold granite now covered the counters. The grungy rooster wallpaper had been torn down and replaced with yellow paint and a warm brown and gold tile backsplash. The remodeling in the kitchen alone had significantly raised the value of the house. He couldn't help but wonder what kind of commission the realtor would get on this house, more than he'd gotten when he sold it. He stopped beside the kitchen table and removed his backpack. All of his necessities were organized in the compact backpack for easy transport. Setting it on the table, he dug his gloved hand into the backpack and pulled out the tiny tincture bottle and set it on the kitchen table. The contents of the little bottle were precious. He'd labored diligently to make the right concoction that would allow him to preserve his women. The jacket zipper hummed as he unzipped it. Pulling his hands through the sleeves, he draped the jacket over the back of the kitchen chair. Then he picked up the little bottle in his gloved hand. Making his way out of the kitchen, he left behind the laminate floor and stepped onto new, thick Berber carpet. The old carpet had been stained and stank from years of pets doing their business in the room. Now, he had no qualms about walking on the carpet. He'd even be willing to take off his shoes and let his toes sink into the thick pile if he'd had the time. He walked down the short hallway and stopped outside her bedroom door. He'd been watching the house, so he knew she didn't have a roommate, or even entertained men very often. He'd only seen one man hanging around the house, and he wasn't affectionate with her. Gently tipping his head forward, he rested his forehead on the bedroom door to enjoy the moment. Inhaling a deep breath, he focused on the rush of adrenaline that flooded his system. This part of the hunt was the most critical. This was where everything could go wrong and destroy his fantasy, destroy the perfect world he was creating. But it was the reality of failure that sent a rush of exhilaration through him. Brett wrapped a hand around the bedroom doorknob and turned. The door opened without a sound. There she lay, 
her brown hair splayed on the pillow like silky threads that wrapped around his heart and pulled him closer. The covers were pulled up to her neck, almost as if she'd been cold and snuggled into them. As he stepped closer, her pleasant features sent a wave of peace over him. For now, her eyelids shielded her blue eyes from his presence, and he missed their beauty. Those beautiful blue eyes were large and full of life. Her excitement at her future had beamed from her face. The bed covers hid her perfect breasts, but he'd get one more look at them. Whenever they'd been together, she'd worn low-cut, snug blouses that proudly displayed her breasts. One day, she'd worn a thin bra and a cold wind snuck through the material and tickled her nipples. He'd struggled to not stare at the hard peaks while he showed her the house. He was always careful not to put out a creepy pervert vibe. He wasn't a stalker. He was a perfectionist. Beauty like hers needed to be preserved forever. He understood what a responsibility that was. Stepping beside the bed, he gazed at her. Her eyes moved quickly behind her eyelids. She was in REM sleep. What was she dreaming of? A handsome prince slaying dragons? Soon she'd be in a perpetual sleep state. Her beauty would not grow old and wither. She'd remain forever young. Carefully unscrewing the tincture bottle, he compressed the black bulb on the dropper and filled the tube. Then carefully pulling the tube out of the bottle, he set the bottle on the nightstand beside her bed. She groaned and smiled in her sleep. He cocked his head as he stared at her angelic beauty. He wanted to stroke her hair, feel the silkiness of the strands between his fingers, but that would scare her. He didn't want to remember her in a terrified state. He wanted to capture the beauty of this moment, a moment of happiness in her dream. This was the moment he'd treasure forever. Leaning forward, he held the dropper close to her lips and squeezed the bulb. A clear liquid dripped from the tube and landed on her lips. Her tongue snaked out of her mouth and licked her lips. He squeezed the bulb one last time and the tube emptied on her mouth. He slid the tube back into the bottle and closed it tight. She groaned and worked her tongue over her lips as she slept, unconsciously taking in the wolfsbane poison. He knew it wouldn't take long. He stood ramrod straight beside the bed and waited. Mandy's eyes flew open. She clutched at her chest and groans fell from her lips. Fear traveled through her body, zinging tiny pulses of pain into her extremities. She couldn't catch her breath as her heart constricted inside her chest. Then she saw him standing beside her bed. His face was masked behind a cotton ski mask, but she could see his lips form a smile. Then, as she gasped for breath, a familiar voice spoke to her. It's all right, beautiful, the man said. It's almost over. Mandy couldn't breathe. She tried desperately to cry for help, but only small pants and groans squeaked from her. All the while, the man just stared at her. She sat up and struggled to move her heavy body as she leaned towards the phone on her nightstand. She needed help, but for some reason the man didn't offer any. Was he an angel waiting to take her to heaven? She'd thought angels would be beautiful, but the vision before her was terrifying. Was this her end? Brett hated the fear on her face. His subjects never enjoyed this part of the process. But he'd make it up to her. He'd make sure she'd remain beautiful forever. 
She collapsed on the bed and ceased to move. Her twisted body lay on her stomach with her legs at an awkward angle and half her face pressed against the bed. One of her blue eyes stared blankly while the other was pressed against the mattress. With a satisfied sigh, he pulled his ski mask off and tossed it onto the end of the bed. Gripping her shoulders, he adjusted her position so that she lay on her back, looking up at the ceiling. Then, taking the bed covers in his hand, he pulled them back so he could see her body. She wore soft, laurel, patterned pajamas. They suited her. She was pretty. She enjoyed pretty things. It was right that he would treasure her forever. That was his duty in life. He was a life preserver, a connoisseur of perfection. After a deep breath of satisfaction, Brett walked into her tiny bathroom. He knelt and opened the cabinet under the sink. Peering around the contents, he found a bottle of alcohol and a bag of cotton balls. He always came prepared in case his subjects didn't have the things he needed. He kept little alcohol wipes and a zippered pocket on his backpack, but he seldom used them. He preferred to use his subject's property instead of introducing his stuff into the mix. He feared leaving behind a fingerprint or some other damning piece of evidence. Walking back to the bedroom, he unscrewed the lid of the alcohol bottle and set it on the nightstand beside his tiny tincture bottle. He placed the cotton ball on the opening of the alcohol and turned it upside down and then righted it again. Taking the alcohol-soaked cotton ball, he carefully wiped her lips clean. He needed to remove any trace of the poison that remained. Tossing the cotton ball on the floor beside her, he soaked another cotton ball with alcohol and repeated the process. He did that four times. He knew it was probably overkill, but he didn't want to accidentally encounter the poison. How tragic would that be? Then, picking up the bag of cotton balls and recapping the alcohol, he walked into the bathroom and set them in their rightful spot under the counter. Exiting the bathroom, he made his way down the hallway and into the kitchen. He opened drawers until he found the one with the knives. Grabbing a butcher knife, he picked up his backpack and slung it over his shoulder. He would spend the next hour or so preparing her for her final photo shoot. The photo shoot that captured her perfection for all time. As he walked back to the bedroom, he paused to look at a picture that hung on the wall. She was in a bikini and standing in front of a waterfall. A faint rainbow was visible behind her, almost gracing her head like a crown. Reaching out, his fingertips grazed the glass. He needed this picture. It captured her perfection in a perfect environment. He lifted the picture from the wall and eased it into the backpack. He stared at the blank space with a nail protruding from the wall. Gripping the nail, he wiggled it from the wall and shoved it into his pocket. Satisfied, he walked into her bedroom and set the backpack on the carpet beside her bed and the knife on the nightstand. Brett stood and gazed at Mandy with the love of a creator. He had treasured her. Her family would always remember her as beautiful and full of life. She wouldn't grow old and wrinkly. She'd never have to color the gray out of her hair. She'd never have her abdomen stretched to its max and leave her with tiny white lines crisscrossing her flesh. She'd remain young and beautiful forever. Leaning over the bed, he gripped the waistband of her pajama bottoms and pulled them down her legs. He tossed them onto the floor. Then he grabbed her thin panties and eased them off. Then, sitting beside her, he pulled her torso up towards him, 
Her chin dropped towards her chest. Her brown hair fell over her shoulders and brushed against his hand. Supporting her with one hand, he gripped the bottom of her shirt and worked it over her head. He eased her back onto her pillow and stood to appreciate her beauty. Her breasts were ideal. Not too big, not too small. Her rosy areolas stood out beautifully against her fair skin, looking like little cherries sitting on a mound of whipping cream. Her stomach was flat and her hips curved, creating a perfect hourglass shape when combined with her chest. A small patch of dark hair covered the soft skin between her legs. He wouldn't touch her there. He never violated the women he cared for. He wasn't a pervert. With a smile, he spoke to her. He always did that. It was his way of honoring them. Mandy, thank you for allowing me the privilege of capturing your beauty forever. I will take good care of you. As a young man, he'd learned how the Native Americans honored their kills by thanking the animal for providing food and clothing for them. He liked that notion and added it to his ritual. He knelt and unzipped his backpack. Searching through it, he found the nail polish and pulled it from the bag. It was his favorite color, winsome wine, a deep burgundy with hints of purple. It was the color that his sister Mary always wore. Mary tragically died of alcohol poisoning her freshman year of college. He had only been 14 when she died, but he could remember the funeral like it was yesterday. It had been an open casket funeral. Everyone stopped to offer their condolences, giving hugs and kisses to his mourning family. But one thing that stood out to Brett was that they all commented on how beautiful and peaceful Mary looked, as if she were an angel awaiting her transport to heaven. They'd been right. Brett had stared into the casket, hoping to remember every little detail of Mary's face, fearful that one day he'd forget what she looked like, how her eyes sparkled when she laughed, how her smile always showed her straight white teeth. She had to wear braces for two years to perfect her smile. But as he stared down at Mary in the casket, he promised to always treasure her beauty. That was how one should remember their loved ones. Perfect. With a nod, he went about preparing Mandy. He carefully repainted her toenails and even covered the fingernails in the matching shade. He hated to cover up the excellent French manicure that highlighted her nails, but her nails had to match. She had to be perfect. And perfect meant symmetry, completeness. He set the nail polish back in the bag and pulled out his little makeup kit. He'd been sure to bring the colors that he knew would complement Mandy's skin tone. Taking out the mineral powder foundation, he swirled the brush in the powder and then tapped the brush on the side of the container to shake off the excess. Leaning forward, he carefully applied the foundation to her face. This act always took him back to his childhood, a time in his life that Mary was still a part of. He'd often played with Mary. They'd play dolls or do silly hair and makeup designs on each other. But one day, his father came home from work and saw Brett dolled up in Mary's makeup. He'd blown his lid. He'd marched Brett into the bathroom, grabbed a washcloth, and mercilessly scrubbed Brett's face. Once the makeup was gone, Brett stared at himself in the mirror. His skin was red and raw where his father had scrubbed it clean. Sadness had overwhelmed him. While he'd been playing with Mary, he'd felt handsome, like a prince from the fairy tales that she read to him. But staring at the red splotches on his face, he felt ugly and ashamed, 
like the monsters of those same stories. That had been the last time he'd played with Mary. No more dolls. No more hair or makeup sessions. He'd been forced to give her up as a playmate. Boys do not play with girl things. With a sad sigh, he pushed the negative memory from his mind and put the powder back in his makeup kit and grabbed the eyeshadow and eyeliner. He never overdid the makeup. He wanted his women to look naturally beautiful, not artificially beautiful with gobs of makeup. He thought that overdoing makeup just distracted from a woman's natural beauty. Uncapping the eyeliner, he traced a thin line along her lid, under her lashes. Setting it down, he picked up the mascara. With the mascara wand in his hand, he pulled Mary's eyelid open and carefully brushed the dark brown mascara onto her lashes. He repeated this on the other eye. Replacing the wand, he picked up the blush brush. Swirling the soft bristles in the blush, he swept the color over both of her cheeks. Then, setting the blush brush down, he pulled out the lipstick. Removing the cover, he turned the bottom and raised the burgundy color. It was a shade that matched the winsome wine nail polish. It wasn't too light or dark, or too orange or pink. Sweeping the color over her lips, he finished her makeup. Standing back to appreciate his work, he admired the way the eyeshadows complemented her skin tone and eyes. He had opened her eyelids so he could see her blue irises. They lacked the sparkle that normally accompanied them, but they wouldn't get old. They wouldn't lose their vision or become surrounded by wrinkles. They would be forever captured in his photos. Kneeling beside the bed, he reached into his backpack and pulled out his Polaroid camera. It was old school, but he didn't want the pictures of his projects ending up in the cloud or easily accessed by hackers on the computer. He wanted to respect the lives he'd preserved and keep them from ogling eyes. Standing, he adjusted her hands over her stomach and captured photos from different angles. When he was finished, he set the pictures on the bed along with the camera and went into the bathroom. The bath mat was draped over the side of the tub. She'd done a great job restoring the bathroom. A claw-foot porcelain tub was centered under a window. Curtains provided privacy, and the countertops were now a light marble instead of the original outdated laminate. She'd painted the walls a pleasant blue, and coordinating towels hung on the towel bars. He grabbed the bath mat and tossed it on the linoleum beside the tub. Then, closing the drain, he leaned forward and turned both handles. Water streamed from the faucet. He let it run a few minutes and then stuck his hand under the stream. He knew it was silly to care about water temperature, but he couldn't put one of his girls into a too hot or too cold bath. They deserved that consideration. He adjusted the knobs and watched as the water swirled in the tub. With one more temperature check, he shut off the water. Striding through her bedroom, he shoved the sleeves of his shirt up his arms as he approached the bed. He leaned over her and slipped his hands under her legs and back, straightening. As he lifted her body from the bed, he bumped the mattress. The Polaroid picture slid from the comforter and landed on the floor beside the bed. Shit, he mumbled as he stared at the little pile. He'd come back for those. He continued to carry her into the bathroom, coming to a stop beside the tub. He eased her legs into the water first. When her bottom came to rest in the bottom of the tub, he leaned her torso against the end of the tub. Submerging her arms in the water, 
he arranged her legs. Raising his arms, he swiped the water off his arms and adjusted her head on the tub, arranging her hair to hang freely over the side of the tub. Tilting her head to the side, he stood and wiped his hands and arms on her towels. Then, with dry fingertips, he slid her eyelids closed. He walked back into the bedroom and stooped beside the bed to pick up the pictures. He tossed them onto the foot of the bed, then grabbed his camera and knife and strode back into the bathroom. Setting the knife on the counter, he stopped at the foot of the tub. She looked peaceful, like Cabanel's birth of Venus, sleeping in the water. Snapping a few pictures of her from different angles, he focused one shot on a close-up of her breasts. Her nipples were half-submerged in the water. Somehow, he'd gotten the depth of water perfect to divide her nipples in sublime symmetry. Satisfied that he had her captured, he set the camera on the counter. Shoving his sleeves further up his arms, he picked up the knife from the counter and knelt beside the tub. He plunged his hand into the water and angled her thigh to expose the tender area where her muscle wasn't as thick. Then, pressing the blade through her skin, he slid it across her flesh and cut into the femoral artery. He repeated the action on the other thigh. Blood slowly trickled from her matching cuts. He pulled his hands out of the water and set the knife on the floor beside him. He did the compressions a few more times. Blood squirted into the water with each compression on her heart. Red slowly mingled with the bathwater, turning it a light pink. The water would gradually darken as her blood seeped from her cuts. Brett pulled one of her bath towels from the hook and dried his arms and hands. Blood stained the light blue towel. He'd have to take it home with him and discard it later. It couldn't be found in her house and raise suspicion. He set his hands on the edge of the tub and gazed at her one last time. You're beautiful. Emotion made it difficult for him to get his words out. He knew the pain her family would feel at her loss, but he also knew they could rejoice in her beauty and life well lived. Your family and loved ones will always remember you as the perfect shining star that you are. Sleep well, my love. Leaning forward, he pressed a single kiss to her lips. With a parting sigh and one last look, he turned off the bathroom light and made his way into her bedroom. He couldn't take another picture of her. He didn't want to remember the bloody Mandy. Instead, she'd forever be captured in perfection in his photographs and in his mind. He knelt again by his backpack and pulled out a simple sheet of paper with a few words scribbled on it. The note said, I'm sorry. Her name was scrawled under the simple message. He'd painstakingly studied the paperwork from her house sale to find examples of her penmanship. Then he practiced copying her letter formation until he could successfully forge her writing. He set the note on the bedside table and made the bed so it would appear as if she hadn't slept in it. As far as the world would see, she'd killed herself in her tub. Before we say goodbye, I have a friend I'd like you to meet. Mary Duke is a prolific writer on Amazon's Vela platform. Her books range from supernatural, thriller and suspense, YA and steamy romance. There's something for everyone in Mary's repertoire. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope that you enjoyed these chapters from Stolen Kiss. 
New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively, or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye.